Come gather round the campfire and hear our ghostly tales of chilling terrors, darkest woes, and anything that goes bump in the night. So cuddle up with your best friend or dare it alone. The darkness is closing in and spirits are calling your name. This is Fireside Phantoms. Go for it. Well, my favorite subject in the world, other than ghosts, can you guess what it is, Holly? Music. Yes. The sweet sound of music. Uh, and there is so much regarding classical composers being awesome. haunted, cursed, and their music cursed. So right up your alley. So right up your alley. There were literally chords that were considered haunted or evil, certain tritone intervals that were historically labeled the devil's chord. It has a long history of causing paranormal activity and tragedy. Notes F and B clash in a way that feel unnatural and foreboding. Mm -hmm. So if you think of the first two notes of like Jimi Hendrix's Purple Haze or um, the beginning of the Simpsons theme, that's what about the, the theme to the movie Halloween by John Carpenter? Because that is always put the scary shit chill within me. Yeah. I, it's my ringtone on my phone because I love it so much because I think it is so scary. You know, a lot of scary music do have those notes in it. Um, and, you know, wait for it. Wait for it. I'm waiting. Even Harry Potter's theme song also has the <laughs> tritones throughout the nicely, score. Nicely done. Nicely done. Thank you. Musicians call it a diminished fifth or augmented fourth. And during the Dark Ages, it was called Diablos in Musica, which Ooh. translates as literally Satan in music. Really? Some say it is because the interval is not stable and it wants to go somewhere, meaning another chord which will help resolve the tone and bring a finish to the sound. So let's, I mean, let's just say this chord cannot abide by the shelter in place orders. That's how I like <laughs> to think of it. <laughs> it's kind of unruly and many people report feeling very uneasy it gives them this unsettling feeling it's like what you were saying like um when you're listening to like the theme of jaws or it just is so suspenseful it's scary mm -hmm. there's true there's certain music chords when you put them together it does tend to like hit a nerve in people that mm -hmm. generates anxiety and fear and a sort of a, a buildup of something that's going to come that's going to be horrible. It's totally true. And orchestras and many composers in general uh, became very suspicious and refrained from writing and playing these notes in their music because of that. Mm -hmm. um, there was actually a piece written called The Devil's Trill Sonata by composer Giuseppe Tartini. Mm -hmm. And Tartini is quoted as saying, one night in the year 1713, I dreamed I had made a pact with the devil for my soul. Everything went as I wished. My new servant anticipated my every desire. Among other things, I gave him my violin to see if he could play. How great was my astonishment on hearing a sonata so wonderful and so beautiful played with such great art and intelligence as I had never even conceived in my boldest flights of fantasy. I felt enraptured, transported, enchanted. My breath failed me and I awoke. I immediately grasped my violin in order to retain, in part at least, the impression of my dream. And then he continues, in vain, the music which I at this time composed is indeed the best I have ever wrote, and I still call it the devil's trill, 
but the difference between it and that which so moved me is so great that I would have destroyed my instrument and have said farewell to music forever if it had been possible for me to live without the comforts it affords me. The sonata itself is exciting to listen to and in parts is rather beautiful and peaceful, although I have heard it is one of the most technically difficult pieces for violinists to play. And I think it's because of this that um, orchestra members refuse to play it, saying it's cursed. (laughs) It's just really difficult to play. This makes me think of the story you did a few weeks ago on video games and how people watching those games would have those um, seizures and stuff when they were watching the game. It's almost like the same effect, but it's through sound versus visual elements of your of your senses. So like a sound has an ability to trigger things in people as well. It's kind of interesting because sound holds vibration and frequency. Yeah. You know what you should do? You should do one on all the senses. You should do Mm -hmm. a smell that's evil. You should do a taste that's evil, a feel that's evil. And that'd be kind of fun. Well, I I know, I know we've had many discussions on weird dreams, but I have to ask you, do you recall ever hearing music in your dreams? I don't think I do. Well, I'm interested in this because I oftentimes do hear music when I am dreaming. And I had this amazing experience way back in college. So I was frustrated trying to complete an assignment that involved composing a short classical piece of music. And the requirement was to write for more than one instrument, excluding the voice. And then we also had to perform it for the class. So I had no problem at all with composing the song for the first instrument, piano. I was very proud of it. I felt like it stood on its own, but trying to come up with the counter melody, um, I just was really frustrated. And I had like writer's block. I just went just crazy trying to make it happen. I spent so many hours on it. And finally, I was like, whatever, I'm going to bed. I just don't care anymore. And that night I dreamed, I saw a young man playing a beautiful melody on a golden flute sitting in a tree. And I have to make a joke here because it was the juicy fruit gum tree. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. The commercial yeah. where packs of juicy fruit gum sure. were growing off of the tree. Anyway, do they even make it anymore? I know. I do I too. They so do. Good. It's so yummy. Although the flavor goes away really fast. It does. But anyway. It's true. So anyway, back to my dream. It was, it was this melody that was so haunting, romantic, and sad. And I was so impressed by it that I called out in the dream and congratulated him on his song. Well, he laughed and said he thought it would sound so much better with a second instrument like piano. And somehow those specific words triggered me to wake up and I wrote down furiously the song I heard. However, I wasn't friends with anyone in college that played the flute. So I wrote it for violin instead. And guess what, Holly? Hmm. That counter melody fit perfectly with the piano piece I already composed. Another strange story I was told about is the classical musician Niccolo Paganini, who was an Italian violinist born in the late 18th century. He was composing music by age seven. And after struggling with alcohol in his teens, by the age of 22, he was known across Europe as a violin virtuoso. He was said to have sold his soul to the devil because of the level of genius he exhibited. At age 23, he composed 24 caprices. And this music is so difficult, Holly, there was not another musician alive who could master the notes for many, many years. 
Wow. He also had, yeah, he also had weird titles to his songs like La Streg, which means witch's dance. And mm. he had the ability to play three octaves across four strings with just one hand, a very difficult feat that is still considered pretty impossible even today. Wow. He once won a rare Stradivarius violin by being challenged to play a piece so technically difficult, it was said to be impossible to play without extensive preparation. But Paganini played it flawless the first time seeing it. Skeptics think he had a genetic mutation that resulted in elongated fingers called Marin syndrome or the rubber man syndrome. Many fans of Paganini both adored and feared him saying that during his performances, they could see a demonic figure just off stage guiding Paganini's bow as he played. Well, that's creepy. Wow. That's super creepy. Eventually, he had to publish letters from his mother to prove he wasn't a monster and was actually born to human parents. Really? <laughs> wow. <laughs> and when, right. And when he died, there was no church who wanted to give him a Catholic burial. So his family had to make a formal appeal to force a plot on the church grounds for Paganini. Is there a CD out there like Paganini's Greatest Hits that I can sure. listen to? Because that would be very I'm sure. interesting. But I think you're going to be even more interested in listening to this composer. Okay. There was a Russian composer called Alexander Skriavin, born in 1872, who wanted to write a piece of music that would bring about the end of the world. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Not exactly a Satanist, but it was said that he was into different secret mystery cults, and he was very excited by studies of the well-known theosophist founder, Madame Blavatsky. Certainly, his songs titled Black Mass, Sonata, Number 9, and the satanic poem, Opus 36, could be straight from the devil because he wrote oftentimes very difficult riffs for the left hand. Scriabin had synesthesia where he could see colors and taste sounds, and he wanted everyone to experience music as a full sensual experience. So Mm. he um, started a composition, Mysterium, and it was to take place at the base of a Himalayan mountain and would be a week-long event. When he describes it, 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 to me, it sounds like a Cirque Soleil type of performance. Cool. Um, And he said it would have no audience because everyone in the whole world who attends this would be a participant, including even insects and animals. And it would culminate in such ecstasy, he said, that everyone would transcend life and the world would end, ushering a full replacement of the human race with nobler beings. And he's calling it COVID-19. Yeah. No, anyway. (laughs) Oh, no? Okay, sorry. (laughs) He died from an infected sore on his lip without finishing the piece. And I chuckled a bit when I saw his drawings and comments on his performance notes, which... He said the least spiritually evolved people would sit in the balconies. And I just, I laughed because I think that's one of the best places to watch a performance because everyone knows that the front rows, usually during a concert, the first 10 rows of the audience always get sprayed by the singer's uh, saliva and the musician's sweat. They can't help it. It just happens. These minuscule vapor drops just, you know, float in the air like fine mist over their seats. Sure. Which brings me to say, I'm very happy that my Beethoven concert was canceled. 
yippee. I was grumpy because, <laughs> I mean, I was really grumpy about singing it because it's death to the vocal cords for sopranos. And I really, it, I really think that Beethoven, um, anyway, it, it, I, there's this curse and it's surrounding um, the Ninth Symphony. And I think it all started with Beethoven who passed away shortly after his Ninth Symphony was composed. And Beethoven has sopranos singing usually on high A's and B's and just sustaining these measures and runs of trills for hours straight. But anybody out there that has sung uh, Beethoven's works, uh, like especially the Ninth Symphony, knows he had no mercy of how the human soprano voice works. So my point is, I think that if this curse exists, it originated with a soprano that was so angry at Beethoven after singing his Ninth Symphony. But there's a long, long list of composers who've seemed to have fallen under this deadly curse. Anton Bruckner died after he composed his Ninth Symphony. Okay. And Antonin Dvorak, who many people thought died after his Fifth Symphony, but in fact was mistaken because after his death, they found four other unpublished symphonies. So they had to rename his last symphony as his most popular ninth symphony from the new world. Isn't that weird? Like yeah. they, they didn't put the connection and then they found out, Hey, this guy actually really did die after his ninth symphony. Oh, and Stoff Mahler true. was the first composer who was super freaked out and obsessed with this curse. So he completed his eighth symphony and then he decided to come up with a clever plan to beat fate. He wrote a symphony but decided to call it something other than a symphony. <laughs> oh. So when it was finished, he started working on what was his official symphony number nine, resting easy at the thought of beating the curse, but he died soon after he started working on his 10th symphony. So apparently you can't escape it. Ralph Vaughn Williams, three weeks after the premiere of his ninth symphony, died suddenly. He was 86 years old at the time of his death, but family and friends who knew him said it was a complete shock because he seemed absolutely in perfect health the day before his death. And there have been many composers since that have also died. But there have also now been modern composers that have written several symphonies past the ninth, including Philip Glass. So maybe the curse was regarding something else and not the number nine itself. But it's a weird thing, a weird phenomenon that happened. That is definitely weird. So do you know how many composers have died after their ninth? It was some like 15, 20 composers. Really? That's mm -hmm. a lot. A wow. lot, a lot. Mm -hmm. That is, that's crazy. Huh. Well, I and guess most of them, can... yeah, Go most ahead. of them were classical composers. So. Huh. Wow. I Maybe. wonder if you're a classical composer now, if you're like, gosh, I'm, I'm working on number eight. Maybe I should just stop. Like, I wonder <laughs> if they have those thoughts. I don't know. I don't know if they have those thoughts. I didn't even know of this curse. I mean, it's not something they teach you in music school. If they did, I might have paid more attention in history class. But like, they maybe they should teach that in music school. I mean, mm -hmm. it's only fair. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. As a warning. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's to encourage people to yeah. write music. You might Absolutely. die. <laughs> you might die after your eighth song or your eighth symphony. Although <laughs> FYI, but yeah, most people would not even be able to write nine symphonies. It takes a lot of artistic ability. How many did Beethoven write? Well, he died after his ninth. 
Oh, that was the ninth was when he died. Sorry. Sorry. Cut that, Josh. Cut that. You know, (laughs) you you make a valid point because there were there were nine symphonies listed, but really four were full symphonies. Okay. So there's some debate on that. But he he still died after the ninth. He showed up for four of them, but he kind of phoned in the other (laughs) six. I'm going to start my story, um, which is the creepy clown panic of 2016 with a terror tip, because I believe you guys, we should have a terror tip on our show. A terror tip. (laughs) Yes. A terror tip is anything you want to tell your audience that is something that they can use in their daily life, especially if they're dealing with something that's terrorizing to them. Like avoid Um, avocados at all um, costs? Perhaps. But my terror tip for this show is going to just be um, the definition of a word. The word is, okay, I don't know if I'm actually pronouncing this correctly, but it is cholrophobia, which means the term used for fear of clowns. And it's spelled C-O-U-L-R-O-P-H-O-B-I-A. So I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Cholrophobia, fear of clowns terror tip i used to have a lot of clowns my, i don't know what was wrong with my mom she kept sending me clown stuff for like years there is definitely like, what, something what wrong made with you her think i liked clowns if she sent you yeah, i had this because, like coffee yeah. table clown book i had a clown <laughs> statue i had freaky i think she thought i was into clowns because literally my house i had those it was during those years when people would bring you know paint an accent wall a really bright color so i had like sunset orange and then like this oh i love that like burnt yellow in my living room and yeah yeah and so So she's like oh carol likes full colors she must likes clowns clowns. yeah right i think that's her association and cotton candy so the two go together well and big noses well hey i would think you like clowns too based on that criteria so that makes there you go there you go so um where do the idea of creepy clowns come from because The World Clown Association is very upset with the fact that there are creepy clowns now because to them, clowns should be fun, entertaining, make you happy or sad, depending on the clown. But they shouldn't really make you scared, right? I I know where it came from. Do you? Where did it come from? McDonald's. Well, yes, that is definitely one of the creepiest clowns that there are. Um, Some of them are... John Wayne Gacy, because as we know, he was a serial killer who worked as a clown at kids' birthday parties. So he was. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't know that? Yeah, John Wayne Gacy was a serial killer who was uh, also a clown at kids' birthday parties. So there you go. There's also Pennywise, which was the clown from Stephen King's novel It. That was there was the poltergeist clown, which I don't know. We talked about poltergeist in a past episode. I don't know if you remember him or not, but Mm -hmm. he was creepy. There is Batman's the Joker and was also kind of considered to be a creepy clown. And of course, the creepiest of all clowns, which is, of course, Ronald McDonald, as we all know. Yes, Ronald McDonald. The buildup to this creepy clown panic of 2016 actually happened a couple of years prior. So it kind of got its seed sown into our society's collective unconscious and just started to grow its little roots and then spread up above the surface, I would say, sometime in 2016. 
Um, in 20, it's a nice analogy there. Thank, thank you. I, th- I liked it. Um, in 2013 is the first report I can find of a creepy clown. There was a creepy clown spotted in Northampton, England, where local filmmakers Alex Powell, Elliot Simpson, and Luke Ubansky planted a creepy clown in the town, in their town of Northampton, during September and October of 2013 in order to drive traffic to their Facebook page, Northampton Clown. It is said their clown looks similar to Pennywise, the dancing clown from Stephen King's It. So that's the first clown sighting that I can find that got people's attention. And a lot of these creepy clowns are absolutely tied directly to social media campaigns. So Mm. keep that in mind as I continue. In March of 2014, a man in Perugia, Italy, started dressing up as an evil clown and scaring people and putting the videos of it on his YouTube channel, which was called DM Pranks, where millions of people viewed the pranks. Though he shot most of these clown encounters in his hometown, he did shoot a couple in Las Vegas, and he claims that one of them, now I don't know if this is true or not, but he he claims that one of these videos gained him 1.7 billion views via Facebook. And I don't know that I believe that that's true because there's only like 6 billion people on the planet. I don't know that I think 1.7 billion viewed it via Facebook. Uh, maybe some 1.7 million did, but not. I just fact checked you. Snopes says there's actually 7 billion in the planet. I'm just joking. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> Still, 1.7 billion views is astronomical. So I'm not sure if I believe that or not. So in October of 2014, there were sightings of a clan in Wasco, California, which had many photos um, appearing on social media. And in July of 2015, two people in Chicago, Illinois, spotted a clown in a cemetery who was scaling the gate late at night. After he jumped over the fence, he turned back to the witnesses and began to wave slowly as they recorded it. He took off into the woods and was not found nor seen again. Which well, it seems like a nice creepy. clown. Yeah, well, it's creepy because I think most clowns wave quickly. And this guy yes. chose to wave slowly. Slowly. Which makes him... <laughs> Josh is... Josh, both Josh and Carol are now waving at me slowly and it's creeping me out. Yeah, there's something weird about a slow wave, don't you think? Yes. <laughs> yes. I think everybody should just try slow waving at someone and see what the reaction will be. Especially if it's someone they want to freak out a little bit because I think it's highly effective. Mm-hmm. Um, but the next clown is my favorite creepy clown. In 2014, a video was released to YouTube showing a young girl asleep in her trundle bed. And that, you know, a trundle bed is something yeah. where there's a big drawer underneath the bed that runs the length of the yeah. bed. That's where you stick all your all your stuff dirty mags sure and stuff all your porn or your stuffed animals depending on who you are anyway she's asleep in her bed (laughs) there's a video on her bed watching her sleep and all of a sudden her drawer of her bed slowly opens (laughs) and out comes a creepy clown oh no he gets up out of the drawer and he walks over to the video and he turns it off and that was the world's introduction to wrinkles the clown now wrinkles the clown that video on YouTube has gotten over 1 million views. And Wrinkles is a man in Naples, Florida. That, <laughs> this is the best. He has his image of his creepy clown look with his phone number and his name. 
So Wrinkles the Clown is phone number in his image and he put him on stickers and he put him all over Naples, Florida so that parents could call him and ask him to show up to their home to freak out their naughty kids. And as oh. they are, <laughs> it's no, it's no joke as there's a, a documentary that came out about this guy in 2019. So there's all this footage of him checking his voicemail and you hear these parents calling him saying, Hey, Wrinkles the Clown. I need you to come to my house. My kids are being little brats. And you hear their kids in the background screaming, don't call wrinkles. Do not do. Well, how do they even know wrinkles? How do they even know wrinkles? Because he put his name and his phone number and his image on stickers and put them all over Naples. Oh, so so the kids have seen it. Okay. Yes. And they saw the YouTube video. They knew his job was to come to your house and scare the shit out of your kids. They're being bad. And so he used it as an effective parenting measure. That's awesome. That is awesome. So funny. It's so funny. And the documentary that they made about him is pretty, pretty brilliant. And it came out in 2019. So it's really great because you see um, he gets calls from people that hate him and threaten his life. And I'm going to kill you. Then he gets calls from people who, oh, my God, I love you, Wrinkles. You're great. Nobody knows who he is because he's in disguise. That's right. He And during the documentary, he even kept his, I mean, I don't want to give anything away, but he keeps himself hidden and you'll see Mm -hmm. if you watch it. And so then he did a a second video where there's a family and they're home one night and they're, they're together for family game night. So they're sitting down to play a a board game. And one of the daughters is recording it with her cell phone. And she looks out the window and she goes, what is that? And the whole family looks out the window. And of course there's wrinkles hiding the bushes. (laughs) No, he's spying. He's a peeping Tom. Bushes at them and they all freak the fuck out they all jump up and scream and they run down the hall and she drops her phone and the video ends with him coming into their house picking <gasps> up the phone and turning off the video <laughs> it's pretty funny it's pretty great and it's clever as as hell that he came up with this idea that is wrinkles a clown so they they feel that wrinkles is another one of these um do you think clowns. he's harmless Oh, yes, of course. If you watch the documentary, you can see that he takes pictures with people and he's fine. But it's funny. I mean, the whole concept of it is funny. It's entertaining. And it scares the shit out of kids. Like they will interview some of the parents who are like, yeah, I called wrinkles. Of course I did. (laughs) It's pretty great. It's really it's a smart business idea. What kind of mental lasting damage this does to your kid well they interviewed a psychologist in the do- in the documentary he was like yeah this isn't the best idea because it's gonna really traumatize your child and i was like yeah it's probably true but my god if you, if you don't toughen up your kids who's going to i mean this world will eat the chew them up and spit them out so you got that's you right gotta and you can't really spank them these days so you, you really can't. gotta you really gotta hire the clowns you've got to you know? turn to psychological torture in order to get them to yeah. mind and that's Maybe, you know, stick to. a couple spiders in their bed. Yeah. You know, if they don't have anything to go to a psychiatrist for when they're an adult, then you've not done your job properly. That's how I see it. So anyway, <laughs> that's Wrinkles. So Wrinkles has gotten a lot of fame on the internet. Don't worry, guys. Holly does not have kids. It's okay. Not yet. Not yet. But don't you worry. I'll be coming for yours soon. <laughs> Dress as a creepy clown. That brings us to the creepy clown panic of 2016. 
So we've had all these little anecdotes through our culture and society of creepy clowns. And creepy clowns are, you know, clowns in general are somewhat creepy. They're not, mm-hmm. you know, they're not vampires or witches or or zombies. I mean, they I think the reason is is because you know what a vampire, a witch, or a zombie really looks like, but with a clown, they've got makeup on and you can't really tell. Are they happy? No. Are they sad? Are they evil? They just seem off. Your brain do. can wrap around it. They're and like they spiders. juggle. They juggle. They juggle. And that to me is and just And they come at you with bizarre. balloon animals and you don't know what to do with that. It's it's like an invasion of your space. Should I, I be happy? Should I be sad? Should it's I confusing. duck? It's yeah. confusing. Should, should I be afraid? Yes. The answer is yes. Um, I have the same aversion to clowns that I do to spiders because spiders, the reason I don't like them is you can't see their faces. The entire time, their beady little eyes and their fan-like mouths are are focused on your body, like on your leg or your arm, because that's where they're sitting. And you can't tell what they're about to do. Are they about to bite me? I don't know. I can't tell. I can't see them. That's what I don't like about spiders. And it's what I don't like about clowns, because I can't really tell, looking at a clown, what to make of him. I didn't know spiders' mouths were underneath their bellies, Holly. Yes, right below their beady little eyes that are um, protected by their eight creepy long hairy legs. Right. I think, I think, I think I'm right about this. I've never looked at a spider in the eye, Carol, have you? I have, I have looked at a spider, but you know, it didn't, it bit me. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. You can't trust a spider just like you cannot trust a clown. So I don't like them anyway. Moving on. Unless it's a daddy long leg and then they're harmless. Yeah, I don't care about That's right. Because you can look at a daddy long leg and realize it's weak. It's just tiny little hair-like legs. I mean, I can deal with that. Do you know that daddy long legs are the most poisonous of all spiders, but because their mouths are so small and they can't bite anything, they're really harmless, but they are actually considered the most poisonous spiders. I didn't know that. That's really fascinating. You'll have to fact check me on that, Josh, because I don't know what I'm saying. That should be another terror tip. That should be another terror tip. The daddy long legs are actually the most poisonous spiders. Yeah, I really don't know if that's true. That's okay. I think I heard it somewhere on our podcast. I probably heard it in a dream. You know what? I would believe it. I mean, you know, they got to survive somehow. They have no other defense mechanisms, so it would make sense. Anyway, back to creepy clowns. So in 2016, the buildup of the clown panic began when a creepy clown holding a bouquet of black balloons was seen in a vacant parking lot under a bridge in downtown Green Bay, Wisconsin. A Facebook page was created called Gags relating to this creepy clown, which ultimately was promoting an upcoming horror film named Gags that premiered in 2018. This stunt got attention from major news outlets like Fox News and USA Today. So he he got some notoriety from that. After the Wisconsin stunt, more sightings began to occur. One was in Greenville, South Carolina, where children claimed some creepy clowns tried to lure them into the woods. This happened in August of that year. Oh, he traveled. No, this is a different set of clowns. Oh, but it, oh, different okay. clowns. Yeah. Sorry, I can't keep up with all the clowns. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a hell of a lot. In fact, there's so many, I couldn't, I didn't even really go and find any of the big stories because there's so many stories of clown, clown sightings in 2016. In early October 2016, sightings spread to England and Australia and Canada. October 12th, the Russian embassy in London issued a warning related to clown scares. 
New Zealand shops withdrew clown costumes from their shelves. Ohio school districts banned clown costumes. Target pulled all of their clown masks from their, its website and stores. Residents of New Brunswick were told not to dress up as clowns for Halloween. Employees at theme parks were told to remove any makeup or horror costumes before leaving the park. The World Clown Association took a stance against people dressing as clowns to scare other people. McDonald's said that Ronald McDonald would be keeping a very low profile. <laughs> and then during Halloween, some Floridians went trick-or-treating armed <laughs> because they were so freaked out by clowns. Hundreds of students on the campus of Penn State went clown hunting whilst chanting, fuck that clown, after hearing that a creepy clown had been spotted nearby. <laughs> and there's actual video footage of like hundreds and hundreds of college kids on Penn State running through the campus looking for clowns. It's crazy. And a 16-year-old boy in Pennsylvania was stabbed to death while wearing a clown mask. Oh, so it that's started sad. to get a lot more sinister. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like I said, there are so many stories of clown sightings that if you go onto Wikipedia's 2016 clown sightings page, you'll find them from multiple countries, pretty much all of the states. There are so many stories of sightings in 2016. It is it's overwhelming. It's why I didn't really go into it on a deeper level because we would be here all night if I did. <laughs> yeah. The creepy clown craze can simply be a snowball effect as Benjamin Radford, who wrote the nonfiction book Bad Clowns said, where rumor and legitimate concerns mixed with the human penchant for a good story. Or it's simply a case of mass hysteria. Vox, the new uh, website Vox, likewise claimed that the Great Clown Panic of 2016 has been perpetuated by pretty much everybody except actual clowns. <laughs> so there's a lot of people dressing up just for the fear factor of it. Yeah. Um, the Guardian Weekly gives advice that what you should do if confronted by a creepy clown, just try to ignore them, they say. Don't give the clown the fear reaction that he wants, but also do not challenge the clown. The clown will not expect an aggressive response and might panic, possibly escalating to physical violence. Just walk away and report the incident to the police. I would just pull the nose off the clown. <laughs> like, but you don't want to confront him because he may not expect that and he might get angry with you. I think I remember back in, I don't think it was 2016. I think it was later than that. I think it was like 2017. But you know where Powell's bookstore is? Yeah. Well, on the corner, um, my daughter and I, we were just came out of a store and we were walking and this clown was hanging out on the corner of that street and he was swinging a uh, rubber sledgehammer or oh. like a, a, one of those rubber mallets. Yeah. And laughing. <laughs> was, was this, what year was this at? I think it was 2017. I'll have to. I'll have to rack my brain as to the actual year, but it was scary. We were scared. Yeah. I mean, um, nowadays, you I mean, you might get the cops called on them, really, <laughs> for doing that. Who knows? Yeah. So the, there's been a tiny little bit of creepy clown sightings in 2017. Oh. But since then, haven't heard much about creepy clowns. 
Perhaps like Pennywise, the creepy clowns had to return to the sewers to hibernate for 30 years and will return in 2047. I'm not sure. That's a good theory. But um, I think what really happened is that as people thought, oh, this will be fun. Let's dress up like a creepy clown and scare people. And there was a lot of negative blowback. I think people stopped doing it because they realized that they could be putting their lives in danger if they do. Right. Yeah. So anyway, but it's interesting just the psychology of the creepy clown pandemic because it really gets under people's skin and and the psychology of it, it really twerks people into fear and um, more so than I think any other really horror monster, it seems creepy clowns are the worst. And I, I don't know why, but they just do. They just are. So I agree. And do you know, Holly, if stores are like carrying clown costumes now or I, don't know. I'm assuming that they are. I think that this all died down in 2016, 2017. I'm assuming that they will sell them again. I didn't think to look the last couple of Halloweens, but I think so. I don't know. We should start the craze up again. Go get some clown costumes. Start haunting around. people with our, uh, <laughs> our creepy clown. Only this time we can dress them in clown costumes and toss, you know, toilet paper at people. Oh, no, we will not toss toilet paper. That's way too valuable. So that is the creepy clown panic of 2016. I love it. There you go, guys. That is creepy. I didn't know the full story about all the clowns. I knew it was going on, but, you know, I didn't realize it started out as kind of like a social media. It really seemed to have started out uh, as a social media ploy to Mm -hmm. get people to, like, follow websites or or YouTube channels that really seems to be where it started from and the guy with in italy with the dm channel i watched some of his stuff and it, it's pretty creepy and he really does freak some people out but um yeah i think that it's kind of where it started is people were just being creative and having fun and i just kind of took over and you should definitely check out the wrinkles the, the mm-hmm. clown documentary i think i saw it on amazon um it's kind of interesting how they kind of show his impact on his community. And then they also follow the 2016 clown panic itself and show you how it kind of just blew up into this thing. And it's, it's very interesting. So, but just the idea that this guy came up with to be able to be hired by parents to help keep their kids in line. And the kids are totally freaked out. They do not want this clown coming to their house. It's that is so messed funny. up. So it's messed so funny. Up. I can say that, though, because I do not have kids. But (laughs) (laughs) yeah, so that's it. Creepy clowns. Creepy clowns. All right. You guys ready for my story? Sure. Because you're going to be loving it hard. (laughs) Chlorophobia. Well, no, not Cora. Cor. <laughs> In early October 2016, I'm going to say that again. Residents of Memor- Mem- <laughs> residents of Memram Cook, New Brunswick. Huh? Residents of New Brunswick were told not to dress up as clowns for Halloween. I'm going to just skip that world together. You know, the, they do have a new, uh, there is a an, an updated <laughs> juicy fruit recipe. It tastes, it lasts a lot longer. Really? Fact. Yeah. 
fruit gum? Oh, wow. Yeah, juicy fruit gum. Yeah, okay, lasts, I have to check that out. A fair amount longer. Not, I mean, juicy a long, fruit long time. Where do you seconds, where do you but, get this gum? This new juicy uh, off a tree. Seven Eleven, the tree. Yeah, <laughs> off a tree, Holly. Yeah. I'll have to the go to Seven Eleven tree. Check that out. That's awesome. Yeah, we can have a a, a Zoom juicy fruit tasting party. <laughs> <That'd be> great. <laughs> As the flames die down, do remain undaunted. Though all hitchhikers are ghosts, and all dolls are definitely haunted. Hey guys, be sure to follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Fireside Phantoms. If you have a spooky story you would like to share with us, send it to firesidephantoms at gmail.com, and you may hear it on a future episode. <laughs>